Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. Hello, this is your host, Greg Myers. And in case you haven't already seen it, the month of July is Women Leaders in Payments Month, and it is being sponsored by Paysafe. We've got a great lineup of executives, including Paulette Rowe, the CEO of Integrated and E-Commerce Solutions at Paysafe, Melissa Townsley Solis, the CEO of GuyAct, Laura Miller, president of J.P. Morgan Merchant Services, and Sue Kelsey, the executive vice president of Global Prepaid and Financial Inclusion at MasterCard. The entire lineup of executives will be announced soon, so please follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for more updates. Now, on to episode 22 of the Leaders in Payments podcast. My special guest this week is Brad Patterson, the CEO of Splitit. Splitit is an installment payment solution. They enable consumers to pay on their existing credit cards and split those transactions and pay over time. Their corporate headquarters are in New York, and their tech center is in Israel. They are small, but growing rapidly at over 300% year-over-year and about 40% month-over-month. Split has a unique business and recently launched partnerships with Visa and BlueSnap. Brad grew up in a small town just north of Sydney, Australia. He spent 12 years in Singapore and is now based in San Francisco. He has a passion for small businesses and helping them thrive and survive. Outside of work, he's a sports fanatic. We've got a great show this week, so let's get started. Hi, Brad. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Thank you for having me, Greg. It's great to be here. Good. So let's just dive right in. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Sure. If the accent doesn't give it away, I'm from Australia, from a small town north of Sydney. Uh, I grew up on the beach, went to university around the same area, spent a lot of my time in Sydney before moving to Singapore, where I spent probably 12 years in different roles in Asia. And I'm now based and residing in San Francisco, in California, where I've been for the last four years with my wife and six-year-old boy. Great. Let's discuss Splitit. So tell the audience what Splitit does. We're an installment payment solution. We're unique because we enable consumers to make installment payments on their credit card. So unlike many others in the buy now, pay later space that issue credit or new lines of debt to consumers for transactions, we play in a very different space. We enable consumers to use their existing line of credit on their credit cards and to split those transactions and pay over time. Okay. And how big is the company? So we're about 60 employees. We just announced $25 million in MSV or merchant sales volume for May. So annualized about $300 million in merchant sales volume. So still quite young, growing, but growing rapidly. We're just announced we're growing at over 300% year over year, about 40% month over month. So we're small. We have headquarters in Israel and New York. Our tech center is in Israel. Our corporate headquarters are in New York. We also have small offices in London and Australia. Okay. Are there certain verticals that you focus on more than others? There are. We're Again, we're very different to others. We're focused on the higher average order value segment. So homewares, furniture, outdoor, sporting goods, thinking of people buying um, exercise equipment, bicycles, for example. Kenyon is one of our our bigger brand merchants. And the reason we got there is we realized that as we were searching for product market fit and refreshing our strategy in doing so, we realized that the merchants, and we're focused really on e-commerce, the merchant's number one 
opportunity and challenge they look to solve is improving website conversion, cart conversion. And we learned very quickly through talking, spending a lot of time with our customers and looking at consumer behavior and the data that price is the number one driver of shopping cart abandonment. So sticker shop. I get into the cart. Do I really want to spend $800 now on a bicycle or $2,000 now on a bicycle? If you're able to offer installments and, and offer that now over six months at a reduced price per month, it dramatically improves conversion. And where we add an extra layer of benefit is because you're using your existing credit card, there's no application. There's no interest. There's no additional fees. We're simply running on top of the payment network rails and turning a typical transaction into an installment transaction. So that increases conversion even more dramatically. So we like to think of ourselves as a conversion company within the payment space. Gotcha. And I read recently that you partnered with Visa and BlueSnap, obviously two different partnerships. Maybe talk about those and the value they're bringing to the industry. Sure. We've announced a number of different partnerships. Visa and BlueSnap, as you said, also Stripe, a number of other payment gateways, and before that, a number of marketplace or commerce platforms such as Shopify and Magento. Our intention here is to build out our presence in the ecosystem so that merchants and consumers anywhere can see better fidelity, better access, better distribution of installment payments through SplitIt. So partnerships such as Visa is to help us improve the quality and the fidelity of transactions in the background and partnering closely with Visa who built an installment API for us to distribute that for them globally and integrate that to our platform and also to ensure that consumers, when they make installment transactions, they can see this is the first of six installment transactions with this merchant through SplitIt. And ensuring that's consistent across all cards and across all networks is something we're very focused on. So that's more of the product and architecture. And then you look at more typical distribution deals, ensuring that we're easily integrated, easily accessible for merchants through payment gateway and commerce platforms, such as the BlueSnap partnership we recently announced, is very important as well. Simplifying the integration and simplifying the use for merchants is very critical to accelerating our growth. Okay. And... I assume, as with almost any company in the payment space, you've got competitors. So what differentiates you from your competitors? I'd like to say we don't actually have competitors because nobody is really providing installments on cards agnostically. But typically, we're put in the same bucket as other people in the buy now, pay later or the installment space. So what differentiates us is a lot of our peers in this space are issuing new credit to consumers for a transaction and some of them revolving lines of credit. But this is new lines of credit that you're issued by that institution. I think they do a great job. They're serving a different type of consumer, people that don't have a credit card or may not want to use one. We're serving the over 2 billion people around the world that do have a credit card. But typically, most of those people, 70%, it's probably a little lower these days, but 70% of that balance is unused and underutilized. And we're helping that money go to work for them. So we're very focused on merchants and consumers, merchants targeting consumers with credit cards and the ability to spend that. And they don't need to go into new debt to pay in installments. Okay, makes sense. I remember a long time ago, this goes back a ways, one of the, I think one of the first in this space was Bill Me Later. Yes, I yeah. remember. I was at PayPal when they joined. Yeah. Okay, that goes a ways back, but a little bit different than what you're doing, which what you're doing is very unique and interesting. Where do you see the payments industry heading, say, over the next two to three years? I think we've learned a lot in the last two months. I think the answer two or three months ago would have been very different to the answer now. It's clearly a shift towards contactless, if I talk about in-person payments, which will really now become remote payments. So if I look at wallets or areas of utility, which allow me to pay remotely with the device that I have, we're going to see a dramatic shift to that, a dramatic shift. We're going to see a shift away from cash faster than we ever have. 
I remember my time at Visa 20 plus years ago talking about the number one competitor we had was cash and moving away from cash. You will see more change in the next two years than we've seen in the last 20 in terms of that movement away from cash. And clearly, consumers want flexibility. We've seen a, a significant shift towards installment payments and to split it in particularly. This consumers demand flexibility and control. They increasingly, if they're paying on their devices, they want also want to pay on their terms and over time. And if, if it's credit they've earned, they want to be able to spend that on their terms. So I think we're going to see increased personalization, increased control put in the consumer's hands as we see them move towards different devices and different mediums which are used to make those payments or finalize those payments. Yeah, and I guess it's pretty logical to say that the amount of business moving from retail to online probably really, you know, is a good tailwind for you guys. It is. We've we've been very we decided towards the end of last year to shift our focus almost exclusively to e-commerce. So we're fortunately placed in that regard. If you can say such a thing as being fortunate, we did believe and, and did make a bet that consumer spending will move towards e-commerce. It's probably happened two to three x at the rate we anticipated. And it's happened very quickly. So the merchants, we're seeing the merchants or retailers which are set up for e-commerce, ideally those exclusively because they've built their supply chains and their infrastructure for that. But even those that are e-commerce first and omnichannel are thriving. Those that had a foot in the water or a toe in the water and now trying to get in quickly, they're realizing the demand's there and they're somewhat playing catch up now. So we're trying to help everybody across the board, but we're seeing those who are set up for e-commerce are thriving in the current environment. And we expect that to continue and not to change. Yeah, I think you're right there. Where do you see the industry heading maybe in 10 years? Get the crystal ball out and let's hear what you have to say about 10 years from now. That's a great question. Uh, it's, it's I, again, the answer would have been very different a few years ago. I think ultra-personalization. I think going on with the seeing ultra-personalization now, the emergence of, of wallets, how I use those wallets. I do see mobile or I should say device-based wallets with ultra-personalization being key. We, I try not to talk too much about cryptocurrencies or blockchain-enabled currencies, given the lack of exposure and experience there. And some of my peers are helping run some of those organizations now. But I do see new forms of currency becoming more stable and less, less reliant on certain countries' economies. And I think we're going to see it. I do believe that we're going to continue to see a breakdown of borders and global commerce start to really emerge in the years ahead. And we'll need to see improvements in logistics. But in doing so, cross-border payments, remittances, and to a certain degree, B2B payments will need to be overhauled. And I'd argue either, whether it's B2B or cross-border payments is, is, is overdue for some significant disruption. Yeah, I would agree with that. You mentioned a lot has changed over the last couple of months, and no doubt about that. Maybe talk a little bit about what Splitit has done to help support your employees and merchants or customers during the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, it was, a, it was a very challenging time, and it was really the fear of the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. One of the first things we did was we took stock and we started to make some decisions to look after the welfare of our employees and our team. And one of those decisions was assuring everybody that the last change and the last thing we will do is cut jobs. We were lucky to be you know, 60 to 70 employees and not heavily burdened with employee expenses, but providing everybody that security to know that will be the last decision we make. And we'll look to pause spending until we understood what was really happening. And I think that provided a high level of confidence and support in the team that they could focus now on our customers. And I think I always believe that if your employees and your team are happy and they're satisfied, they will ensure your focus on your customers is there. And we did see that happen as people saw that their job was safe. People saw that the uncertainty was removed. Everybody's attention shifted quickly to supporting our customers. 
And we saw customers who were reliant heavily on manufacturing in, in cities which were shut down or countries which were shut down. Our team were helping them um, think of new different ways that they can activate and how we could support them. So I think firstly, supporting our team, helping build that confidence, building that stability in terms of their belief in their job. And then that allowed us to really focus and shift our attention to focusing on our customers. And that hasn't changed. I think the stability is there. We're, we're growing much faster than we could have imagined. We're hiring significantly now. That, that customer centricity and customer first approach has really shone through in March and February and March as the virus started, the pandemic started to kick in. And we're seeing that now play out more significantly in the months ahead. Great, great. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. Tell us about your journey to your role there as the CEO. I've had over 20 years experience in payments, whether that's for my sins or for luck, you could argue. But I was lucky enough to start my payments career at Visa, starting in Asia Pacific. I'm working in the Australian team as well. Then was lucky enough to join PayPal in the very early days. I helped start PayPal Australian office and then open a number of offices and business across Asia Pacific, focusing on the merchant side. More recently at Intuit, where I spent six years starting their Asia Pacific business and then helping lead the US business by leading the online QuickBooks business for Intuit. That led me to reconnecting with old colleagues to look at Split It. And I saw at Split It a value proposition and an opportunity I hadn't seen since the early days of PayPal. And it was really about the benefits that I spoke about before. And also because we're not issuing credit, we're not doing any of this, our ability to scale was, was significant. So it was an opportunity to build something I believed in to build a team of people that believed in that and then for us to scale and execute. Uh, I was lucky enough to join Splitout as the, the head of North America and quickly moved into the CEO role and being asked to do so. Been in that role now for nine months and what a learning curve to be hit with the things that we've been facing over the last few months. It's been fascinating, but it's very lucky to be surrounded by a great team and a great support network to get through that. Great. What are some things you're passionate about? So maybe one thing that's work-related and maybe one thing that's not work-related. I think work-related, very passionate about small business. Stemming back all the way back to one of my early roles, but getting really deeply involved in that at PayPal and then into it. Small businesses, the backbone of our economies around the world in most places, they're often what we would call in Australia a battler. Somebody that's really struggling to make ends meet, but are doing so for noble causes or for reasons greater than, than cash. And how do we help those people thrive and survive has been a focus and something I'm very passionate about. And we're, we're looking to solve here at Split it as well as how do we help small businesses. I think outside of work, I'm a sports tragic. Uh, you name the sport, I'll probably be watching it whenever I have a spare moment. Getting a little too old now to play most sports, but I'm a sports tragic that you can find me watching or talking about any sport at any time when I have a moment. Well, unfortunately, you haven't had a lot to watch lately. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Luckily, the last dance... And a couple of good replays have kept me interested, been able to keep a lot of us interested. And funnily enough, rugby in Australia has just started again. So we're just starting to see some sports come back. And funnily enough, through my old hometown. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. And it sounds like things are starting to kick back up with, I guess, the NBA is going to kick mm -hmm. back in at the end of July. And mm -hmm. the college teams are starting to report in, I think. So hopefully we'll get to see some fall sports anyway. I'm sure we will. It's all looking positive. We have football back. I think things will start to feel a lot more normal. So fingers crossed all goes well heading into August and September. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I started in payments about 15 years ago, no one really wanted to have a career in payments or you didn't think coming out of school, hey, I want to go into payments. But that certainly has 
changed, I think, over the last few years. I think a lot of investment in this industry, a lot of buzz around the word fintech. And, you know, I think people come out of college now and or career transition from another industry and they look at payments or commerce or fintech or whatever you want to call it. And they say, hey, I want to make a career out of this. What would your advice, I mean, coming from someone that's been in the industry 20 years, what would your advice be to someone just starting out in the industry? Great question. And I've been asked this a lot recently and it's made me think and I've reflected on a few areas. Firstly is there has not been a week I haven't learned something new in payments. And if I have not learned something, then it probably means I'm not putting myself out there to learn. So really embrace the learning, really embrace the diversity and the fragmentation of payments around the world. There's so many different verticals to serve and it's just changing dramatically. I think secondly is learn the infrastructure, learn how money moves, and but then equally learn the pain points consumers have. No different to any product really, but very critically in fintech. I think the most exciting thing Upon reflection is the ability to learn different industries. I've been fortunate enough to work very closely with a number of airlines around the world, a number of fast-moving consumer goods, whether it's a supermarket or even manufacturing brands, services, you name it now, e-commerce, digital, crypto, learning all these different industries, whether it's merchant or industry verticals or technology and platforms. Very few industries or very few professions, I think you will have such broad exposure because payments touches every part of our lives. And I think I'd encourage everybody to take time to learn, but do push yourself into areas that you may not be comfortable with because the learning is it's phenomenal across all these different aspects and spectrums when any payment's going to open those doors. Yeah, absolutely agree with that 100%. I think that's some great advice. Well, we're about to wrap up. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, thank you very much for having me. What an exciting time to be in payments, to be in fintech. We all come together as a community to solve what's best for small businesses and consumers. And I'd argue there's never been a time more important than our customers need us than right now. So I think as a payments and a fintech industry, how we collaborate, how we come together, we've never needed more than what we are right now. So let's come together and solve some of these big problems. Yeah, I love that. I agree 100%. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. I know your time's incredibly valuable, so I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Greg. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And to all you other listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 